0: My message this morning is um, based out of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I want to talk some about um, difficulties, uh, external circumstances that would appear to limit our ability to serve God, and and how we feel about them, and how we ought to respond to them. Um, There are a lot of uh, potential, and by by the way, this does fit very nicely with what uh, Tyler said in the opening, so... I appreciated that. I think there's some some overlap there. You know, there are a lot of potential or circumstances or circumstances that we maybe have right now that can feel very limiting to us and our ability to be uh, what we would see ourselves as trying to be effective servants of God. And it could be a um, health problem. Um, it could be financial problems. It could be a bad relationships in our family that we just seem to not be able to do much about. Uh, maybe it's people we used to lean on aren't with us anymore. Or, or maybe, you know, we find ourselves now or someday in the future tied up, uh, caring for someone who kind of depends on us. And those things can make us feel... Uh, um, weak, or pampered, or hindered. Use whatever word you want to use there. Um, And it can make us even say to ourselves, maybe if it weren't for this thing, I would be able to do so much more. I would be a more effective servant of God. But the, the point of this message is simply that that God can do more with people who are Weak, in this sense, limited, than people who have no apparent limitations or difficulties. In fact, God prefers to use people who are needy and aware of their limitations. So let me give you just a little background to Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 before we start in here and start reading this um, Paul is defending himself against these false prophets who appeared in Corinth. And he gets quite defensive. And he, he also feels like he has to prove to the Corinthians that he is in no way inferior to these false prophets who he calls super-apostles at one point. Uh, I think so. He does get a bit sarcastic in chapter 11. He, he literally... You know, at one point he says, you know, when when he talks about how they were domineering and and authoritarian, these false false prophets, he says, to my shame, we were too weak to act like that. And the church seems to be putting up with them and is impressed by them. So he, (laughs) Paul goes into this defense and and, uh, feels like he has to prove that he is not inferior and he, he does this thing he calls boasting but he's very uncomfortable with it even as he's writing these words. You can see he's not happy. And, and it kind of explains this odd thing that we have happen in chapter 12 where he tells a story about a man who has this amazing supernatural experiences caught up into what Paul calls the third heaven. And then what's odd about the story is that Paul tells it, tells it as though it's about someone he just knows but it becomes clear by the end of the story that it's actually about him. Because for one thing, it would make no sense to tell the story. And for the other thing, he says that the thorn in the flesh, which we'll be looking at this morning, came because of what these of revelations. So it was about Paul. But I think the reason he started off that way is because he's so uncomfortable with this with, with boasting that he feels forced to do and he just he can't bring himself to say, you know, fourteen years ago I had this incredible supernatural experience. Let me tell you about it. So he starts off by saying this other man had this experience, and then it finds out finds up it's obviously Paul. And as a result of that experience, we kind of have the key verses that we'll be looking at this morning. So I'll be reading Second Corinthians chapter twelve, verses one through So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this that he should leave me, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So, two kind of quick questions I want to look at. One is, what was the thorn in the flesh? And then, what are these weaknesses that God and Paul are talking about? So the thorn in the flesh, it was physical in nature. It, it could have been people persecuting Paul. Maybe some people were following Paul around and harassing him. Uh, you know, people are in the flesh. So maybe that was the form of the thorn in the flesh. Um, I don't really think so. I tend to lean toward it being an actual physical illness. In, in Galatians chapter 4, Paul talks about the fact that he visited, the reason he ended up in their community was because of some illness that apparently affected his travel plans. And he said, you know, it was because of a bodily ailment that I preached the gospel to you at first. And though my Condition was a trial to you. You did not scorn or despise me, but received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus. What then has become of your blessedness? For I testify to you that, if possible, you would have gouged out your eyes and given them to me. Which is an interesting choice of expression. And maybe he's just saying you would have done a lot for me, or he might have also. Be giving us a clue that he actually was having eye trouble. Maybe, maybe he had a vision problem uh, some, something intermittent. I don't know. So the sort of the flesh uh, is physical in nature. Maybe people. Maybe, uh, maybe it was a physical illness. I tend to think it was a physical illness. We do know that Paul got. God mean by weakness and the main thing I just want to get across here kind of loud and clear is that when God says his grace is made perfect in weakness he is not talking about spiritual weakness he's not talking about character flaws you know those are the things we need to grow in um, if, if 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 that's the kind of weakness God's talking about it'd be better off for us to not grow spiritually right because then it's His strength would be made perfect in us. The whole New Testament begs Christians to grow and become less carnal and become more like Jesus. Ephesians 4 says we're to grow up in every way into Him who is the head into Christ. So what, what God is talking about here is external circumstances that we have no control over that would appear to limit us in our ability to serve Him. So you'll see in verse 10, Paul gives us a list of things that fall in this category. Weaknesses, that's probably physical infirmities. Insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. Okay, so the main point I want to get across this morning is just that God can do more through weak people. To start with, we have the statement that God's power is perfected in weakness. And I'm sure it made a lot of sense to Paul for God to take away the thorn in the flesh. But God's response was, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. In other words, uh, the grace of God actually made this limitation an advantage. So I have a little object lesson for you this morning, and it has to do with uh, this impressive piece of iron. I believe it's iron. I'm not 100% sure, but it has a lot of iron in it anyway. Uh, and then also, I brought along this little flimsy uh, rubber hose. Okay. So here's my, iron, my here's my iron rod. Here's my rubber rubber hose, and also my riding mower, which I did not bring along this morning. Uh, So first, I want us to just admire this this piece of metal. Because it is a strong piece of metal. It's quite hefty. It's very straight. Um, It actually was part of a longer rod that I I ended up cutting off this end because the, the whole rod was too long. I cut off this end This more. It took me probably about five minutes with a hacksaw to get this uh, cut. Good it workout. Uh, it, it's a strong, very strong, very substantial piece of material, this rod of iron. And it actually, the whole thing actually did cost a, you know, a decent amount of money. I went down to the hardware store and bought it. Didn't realize how much of it cost, so I paid for it. Anyway, uh, so that's, that's my iron. And then there's this. Okay, that's good. Stay there. There is uh, this piece of rubber, uh, which is, you know, compared to this rod here, this this piece is pretty fragile. It, it bends easily, um, you know, there's not a whole lot of resistance. It's not really a tough piece of material, comparatively speaking. Um, it's not solid. If I wanted to cut through it, it would, you know, take me a couple seconds with a sharp knife. But here's the thing I want to talk about with regard to my riding mower, is that it, you know, it has this engine, 22 horsepower Kohler engine, and it runs on gas. And, and that's where the power comes from. That's what it takes for my front yard to get cut, is, is gas getting to the engine. And that's where this piece of rubber is actually a whole lot more effective than this piece of steel. You know, this piece of rubber will, will let gas flow through it perfectly. Actually, I'm not sure if this is exactly the right side of me. I think it probably is. But it will let fuel pass through it with no problem at all. You could not, um, you obviously could not get a drop of fuel through this thing, you know. It's no good for getting the, the power to where it needs to be. So, even, even though this steel rod is, is tough and strong, it is not a conduit for power. Must, of course, you use electricity. But, you know, it's easy to think that God, you know, uh, would want to use someone more like this, maybe, than like this. But I don't think that's the accurate picture. I don't think that's what, what God is looking for is something through which His grace can flow. God's power is made perfect in weakness because His grace flows easily through the lives of people who are aware of their limitations. And people like this iron rod may be able to accomplish a lot of things. But my question would be, are those things the same things that God wanted to accomplish with them? God can do more through weak people because His power is perfected through them. So the second reason why, why God can do more through weak people, again, we're not talking about spiritual weakness, we're talking about limiting factors outside of our control. The second reason is because strong people are vulnerable to pride and self-credit. Even Paul, can you imagine? Even the Apostle Paul was vulnerable to pride. The original purpose of the thorn in the flesh was to keep Paul from becoming conceited. And, and maybe eventually that, that wasn't the, um, that, that was the original purpose. So, when we become conceited, it's like the pipe gets clogged. Over in First Peter chapter 5, Peter says that God gives grace to the humble. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I had to think of the example of Gideon. And, um, you know, the, the army he got together, and it was, let's see, how long? It was 22,000. And in Judges 7, Verse two, the Lord said to Gideon, The people with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hand. Lest Israel boast over me, saying My own hand has saved me. And so he cut down the the army from twenty two thousand to ten thousand, and the Lord said to Gideon, The people are still too many. And then they did the water drinking test, which lowered the the size of the army to three hundred. Three hundred men. What a weak army. What a tiny little—you can't even call that army. It's a band. It's—it's it's very small. But with those 300 men, uh, the weak army, God easily defeats the host of Midian. And the reason God made it seem it's like He, he turned down the strong army and, and chose this little tiny band instead was was because He did not want Israel to take the credit. Strong people are vulnerable in this way. We see a similar theme over in First Corinthians chapter one, where people talks about, where I'm sorry, where Paul talks about who God chose to be part of His kingdom. First Corinthians one verse twenty six: For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. And so God is especially inclined to use weak, limited people because they're less likely to steal God's credit. Strong people tend not to be His tool of choice. That's that's just not how He works. He likes to use weak people because they are less vulnerable to pride. And so the third reason, third evidence for why God can do more through weak people is just Paul himself. And that even Paul needed to be weak. Paul asked God to remove this storm in the flesh three times. And I can almost guarantee that it made a lot of sense to Paul for this storm in the flesh to be removed. You know, it... Uh, Paul had so much responsibility. He had these churches to care for. He was supposed to bring the Gospel to the Gentiles. Right, like all this, this, He had a huge role. And, and look how much more he could do for the kingdom if it was not for this thorn in the flesh. Which Satan sent, by the way. Satan sent the thorn in the flesh. And so let's not let Satan you know, have a victory here. Let's not let him gain an advantage. But God chooses not to remove it. And his explanation is that. His power is made perfect in weakness. So even though Satan sent the thorn in the flesh, God says, that fits my plan. I can use it." actually. God needed Paul to be weak. And if, God, if it was important for Paul to be weak, I would argue that it probably is important for all of us to be weak. Uh, nobody has an assignment from God that's so important that they can't afford to be weak. Okay, so here's are some kind of application thoughts. Uh, just kind of have to do with responding to our limitations and how we should think about them and what we should do about them. So, I don't really have these in any particular order. So the first thing I would say is, if, if you can do something about your weaknesses or limitations, you probably should. Uh, mostly, here I'm talking about external circumstances that we can't do much about. But if you can make them better, you probably should. For example, um, John, you mentioned the language barrier. When I was in Romania, you know, that was a major limitation. It was a major hindrance to what I could do there. And so it would have been a mistake for me to say, Well, God's God's grace is made perfect in weakness, so hooray. I'm not going to study the language, you know, it takes a lot of work, you know, God's grace, you know, make up for this, so I'm not going to even study. It. That's a mistake. So and I think in general we can say if there's something if, if there's something we can do to um, counteract the hardship or the limitation or or whatever it is, we probably should do it. Similarly, when it comes to physical illness, I think God expects us to seek healing and and pray about it. And of course, with James chapter 5 and the anointing process and all that, I think that is good and good. So, the first thing I would say is, if you can do something about it, you probably should. Also, I don't think anyone's going to do this. But don't go out of your way to create weaknesses for yourself on your own. But, you know, let God be the one who decides what weaknesses you should have or not. Limitations. Maybe I should start using the word limitations more. Uh, a second a piece of advice is is let's not feel guilty about what we're not a- we're not able to do because of external circumstances or physical limitations. The devil would like us to concentrate on what we're not able to do so we get frustrated and depressed and get our mind off what we can do. Again, God can change things if He wants to. We need to ex- concern ourselves with what He expects from us. It's maybe a little bit easy; it's easier to focus on what other people expect. And that can be a pitfall. You know, if you to imagine how much more we could do if we had better health or more money or whatever, but maybe God doesn't actually need us to do more. Maybe He can use other people too. Colleen's parents spent the last seven years or so are very tied up in caring for their parents and they were very uncomplaining and unselfish about that. But, you know, it might be easy for, you know, an onlooker to, to look at that situation and say, Seven years, you know, caring for those elderly, frail people, that was a lot. That really tied them down. Wouldn't why didn't God just give those grandparents better health through those years? Or why didn't God take them home sooner? You know, the they, couldn't Jay and Sally have done so much more for the church and for the kingdom? They've been less tied down. And, and I think the answer is no, they could not have. I think um, whatever God's will is for you to do is the most you can do for the kingdom. So don't get frustrated about what you are what you're not able to do. But at the same time, here comes another piece of advice. uh, And this one takes some wisdom. It's it's that we need to keep pushing ourselves in spite of some limitations and handicaps. You know, Paul did not use his his weakness to become an excuse for becoming unoccupied and very laid back and, and just, you know, well, I'll just stay at home kind of person. He was very active And um, I don't think he ever used it as an excuse to not do what he could. Uh, Again, this, this does call for a lot of wisdom, but there are times when we need to give God the opportunity to show us what he can do in spite of our limitations, especially if we think God is calling us to do it. You know, God imposed weakness on that army of Gideons But Gideon continued to cooperate with what God asked him to do. Sometimes we need to say to ourselves what Jonathan said to his armor-bearer. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. So, we all have limitations and and difficulties and, and things that maybe interfere with with what we would like to do, but I would say, keep stay busy in doing what you can, and be open to God asking you to do what you think is beyond your limitations. Okay, a, a couple more points here. Uh, seek to find contentment in your difficulty. So Paul said, "For the sake of Christ, then I am content." with weaknesses, insults, hardships, all these things that seem so unattractive. Um, but we should seek to find some contentment and peace in the middle of these limitations. If, if in the end, it makes so that God can use me more effectively, which it seems to be what he's saying, then that should be a source of contentment. You know, it's easy to get frustrated and say, if I didn't have this circumstance, I could do so much more for God. Maybe we should ask ourselves, what would that more be? Would it be more than what Fanny Crosby accomplished for God? What if Gideon had complained to God and said, I could do so much more with 10,000 men than 300. You should have given me 10,000 men. What a mistake! to find contentment in your difficulties. God knows what He's doing. And the final um, challenge, encouragement I have for you is that we remember... Actually, this is not the last one. This is the next to last one. Remember... See, the last one's on the last page. I haven't gotten there yet. Remember that your limitation might be doing something important in you. When Grayson broke his arm last summer, he wore this cast. And there were things he couldn't do because of the cast. It was kind of a major limitation. So when children were out, uh, out back playing in the pool, you know, he, he couldn't get in there with them. He hung around on the edge. And I think we had the cast wrapped up in plastic, but he could not get in the pool. But imagine how we would have, this thing would have turned out if we'd ripped the cast off and said, you know, what a limitation. Let's get rid of this. And if we'd ripped it off two or three days or, or whatever, uh, that would have been a serious mistake. And, and and he would have missed out on a full recovery. In the end, he was healthier and stronger because of that limitation. So in the same way, we need to remember that some of these, um, these uh, circumstances are... These external weaknesses are making us stronger where it matters most. Okay, and then the last thing, this time, this is the last one, is just to remember, all of us need to remember that we are weak anyway. In the end, we're weak anyway. Whether you have a lot of hardships or very few, or maybe none that you can think of, uh, remember that you are weak and limited anyway. And... We're unable to do anything uh, outside of God's grace working through us. Can't do anything worthwhile without God. And so the more we realize that, the, the better off He can use us. And we God encourages us as we look at things that we wish were different and, uh, and, and look at them as, as maybe opportunities for God's grace to flow. God bless you.